Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror podcast, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to horror. I'm Michael. And I'm Roman, and we are your hosts. So before we start, how are you doing today, Roman? I mean, it's been a while since we recorded the last episode. So. Yeah, it has been a while. Um, I was great at the beginning of the week, and then I just got hit with this really strong cold, and I'm trying to get better with it. So forgive me, audience, if I sound kind of nasally or a little <laughs> sick, or if I get a cough here and there, I apologize. But I'm here, and I'm ready to do this podcast. I think it's kind of impressive because I don't I don't get the cold thing at all from you. So I think you sound great. So I'm really good at playing it up. Acting, <laughs> acting. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get started, let's talk about uh, kind of. I want to just kind of express uh, my gra- our gratitude towards people that have been uh, showing their support to the podcast so far. I feel like we've kind of got pretty good amount of outpour I feel so yeah. from the first episode I mean right from the get-go I was you know I was I was trying to be realistic of course I was trying to be like okay don't expect too much don't expect too many you know <laughs> don't expect too much follower engagement at the start because mm-hmm. it's just the first episode but I mean we've almost got close to a hundred followers on Instagram our Instagram page already that's only been up for a few weeks now uh, got a couple of five-star reviews on apple podcasts from what you told me roman so Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty cool um just a lot of people giving us suggestions giving us their support and really appreciate it it's cool it's really humbling actually yeah because like you make a podcast and you want to make something that's engaging and fun for both us as hosts but also the listeners the audience but then when actually you see the fruits of your labor you see audience members engaging and just like listening that's crazy yeah that's so crazy. oh yeah so it's awesome yeah it's awesome thanks guys just a thank you yes that's what we want to say and keep keep the support coming we really appreciate it um leave us comments suggestions email us uh leave us a five if you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts that would really help our podcast grow um expand to other people um, so if you guys could do that, that would be really awesome. Also leave a comment for us. Yeah. Let us know how we're doing, like what we could be doing better, if anything. Apple so. podcast, email, direct message, Instagram, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Just, just let us know. Yes. And, uh, special shout out actually to a podcast on Elm Street. I shouted them out in the first episode and I'll continue to shout them out because they are, one of our, you know, top supporters. So, um, but special announcement for them, actually, one of the members of the podcast on Elm Street just recently had a baby. So we're welcoming a newborn baby into the fold. So it's exciting. So congrats to you guys. Uh, Keep up the great work. Your podcast is amazing. And for those of you who haven't listened to their podcast yet, I highly recommend you guys listen to it because they've got some good stuff on there. They just recently actually released a hereditary episode so oh, okay yeah so they they went through that and that was a pretty good episode to listen to so as far as that goes nice. um thank you again guys for all the support that you've given us so far uh we really appreciate it like i i'm super over the moon about it so <laughs> thanks guys anything you any shout outs that you want to uh ch- 
Not that I could think of at the moment. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, my, I have a really hazy brain right now. We're both a little scatterbrained. Uh, I'm 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 running on four hours of sleep, and Roman's running on <laughs> something cough medicine and Dayquil. So uh, <laughs> forgive yeah. us again if we're a little uh, scatterbrained today. We're gonna pull it together. Yeah, as by much the end as we episode, can. I'll, I'll, I'll have something. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't have anything else, I guess get into it. Let's get straight into it then. So, once again, we're doing another top 10 list today, but uh, this time it's going to be the 2000s and the 90s, so we're doing a double episode today. Mm-hmm. Recording, and then we're going to split right. those up and then of upload course. those on, so uh, if I still sound sick by episode three, don't think like, man, this Roman guy, he's been sick for a month? He's... <laughs> no, no, it's just we're doing it the same day, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing our 2000s list today, and then we're also doing our 90s list, so get the bowl rolling with that do you want to start with your first pick Roman sure so the 2000s was a little bit more difficult for me I don't know like when I think of like prime horror cinema I I look at like the classics you know like Mm -hmm. films from the 70s from from the 80s so the 2000s they're although I like 2000 horror films they're not really my ballpark Mm -hmm. I don't really know a lot of uh, classics in my in my mind so this one was a little tough compared to the other list but but I got it. So here we go. So the very first movie on my list is a film called 28 Days Later. Ooh. 2002. That's a good one. All right. Is that on your list? No. Okay. It's not gotcha. on my list. But so, it is a good one to have. All right. Cool. Cool. So yeah, 28 Days Later came out 2002, a zombie flick. Um, I really don't like zombie movies most of the time. They feel very... And I'm going to have people that really don't like, they're going to crucify me like, well, you don't like George A. Romero? You don't like those? Like, oh, no, no. I do. I respect them for what they are in the horror movie like genre and being a pioneer in that respect but it's the story elements of horror like zombie films that i don't really uh Care it's not for. my cup of tea yeah. yeah exactly but i remember uh, around 2000 around the early 2000s i was pretty young i was still a kid around that time so when i first saw 28 days later it just was a very different Film. A unique take. A different zombie film because uh, film starts with our main protagonist waking up in an abandoned hospital and he's like, what's going on? Where am I? He's so disillusioned and he walks out and it's the streets of London and it's just abandoned. So it almost kind of sounds like the the plot of the very first pilot episode of Walking Dead because doesn't he wake exactly, up in a hospital Exactly, exactly. And I, I was always felt say... that I was an homage to 28 Days Right, later, right. Which is super cool. And... It just struck me as a kid. So, like, when I remember that, I see things like The Walking Dead or I see things like um, I'm a Legend, in a sense, Ooh, is that kind of story where it's just like you're you're on your own, you're by yourself. So uh, that intro itself was really striking to me. And then this actual story itself is your typical, uh, you know, zombie flick. The main character teams up with a ragtag group of people who are just trying to survive. They run into folks who are trying to help them, but they have... Uh, ulterior motives and so on and so forth but it was a very well-directed film and it was just interesting yeah. so that that's that's the first movie on my 2000s list right there that's a good one that's a very good one to have <coughs> so i guess we'll go with the first one that i have on my list which actually no i'm gonna save the best for last okay. so all right, all right. <laughs> the first one on my list is just the first one that i was like, like yes that was on my list 100 percent. i think everybody knows which one that's going to be, so I'm going to save the best one for last. Okay, all right. So, um, going right into the next one, 
This is actually a remake of a movie that came out in the early 70s. So, no, later 70s, sorry. Okay. Um, do you want to take a guess on what that is? So it's a remake. It came out in 2006. So if that gives you a hint. Uh, are you going to tell me it's the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween? Oh, God, no. Okay, thank God. <laughs> not no. offending anyone who likes the Rob Zombie films, but I'm, I am not into shock horror at all. Well... And don't get me wrong, like, that movie, there are parts of it that I like, um, and we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll talk more about that when later on, but, uh, yeah. But no, it's, uh, The Hills Have Eyes. That's Came a remake, in 2006. Huh? It is, yeah, it's, uh, Wes Craven directed the original one. Really? Back, I think it's back in 77, or 76, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay. But yeah, this huh. is a this is a remake to that film, and it came out in two thousand six, and uh, just basically for people that don't know what it's about, it's about a family that's traveling through uh, the desert in California. Uh, they get their car stuck in the middle of the desert, and it just happens to be um, where they used to do nuclear tests back in like the sixties. So there's a bunch of like deformed people that still live there, like cannibals that uh-huh. basically hunt and kill people that get, you know, that go through there. So it's basically about a family that's trying to survive these cannibalistic um, people. So pretty yeah. bloody, pretty, pretty gory, pretty disturbing, um, but it's a pretty good movie. I enjoy it. The acting's great. The directing's great. Um, yeah, great remake to a pretty good classic film from the 70s so sweet, sweet. did a uh, west craven's film justice nice. so never yeah. seen a hill has hills have eyes uh i remember as a kid i was too scared to watch it so. oh it's probably good you didn't watch it as a kid because there's some uh pretty disturbing uh <laughs> it's pretty disturbing things in that movie so mm. very bloody very gory there's a slasher film uh I, I don't graphic. know if I would categorize it as a slasher film, per se. Um, just more of, like, I guess it's just a straight-up horror film. Like, okay. some of the elements in it are pretty horrible to watch, I guess. There's, like, a... I mean, it's not a, it's not the worst rape scene I've ever seen in a movie, but there Ooh, is okay. a uh, there is a rape scene in it, and it's... Uh, and both the original are, and the... Original. Yeah, okay. yeah. And for so for people that are triggered by, like, rape, scene type stuff this isn't a movie for you uh nor is it a movie for people who aren't into the gore stuff because this movie is pretty gory so okay all right so not for the faint of heart no so if you're definitely a horror fan, not you could check it out if you're just a, a regular film viewer maybe consider reconsider who's who knows i highly recommend it to diehard horror fans that haven't seen it um I think it's a pretty good film. So okay, that would be my number one is The Hills Have Eyes. So All right, sweet. All right, on to the second one. Ah, this one might have some pushback with viewers because they might think, is this really horror? Okay, I don't consider it horror. I consider mm-hmm. it kind of like a thriller, uh, action, drama. It's a very genre-bending film, and it did this before other films kind of like took into this type of narrative but i'll just say it uh 2000s battle royale <gasps> oh that's on my list have too. you seen it i okay, love cool. this movie so we're both kind of like breaking rules with this so battle royale is a japanese uh film uh that's kind of like an original hunger games type of story oh it's 
pretty much Hunger Games to a T. I'm pretty sure she took inspiration from this movie to write those books, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, but, that's just my opinion. I don't know if there's anywhere, if there's any article anywhere where it says that she, you know, took inspiration directly from those movies. But I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, you have a, you have children, mm-hmm. people that are young, not adults quite yet, battling it out uh, within an island, and they have to relocate different times of day before. Uh, it's like this. They're, they neck have a collar that will yeah. kill them. They'll off them. Like if they're not following the rules of this, uh, then. Yeah, they're gone. And there has to be one left standing. Yep. Battle Royale. Uh, I don't remember why exactly they're sent there. I think it's like... Well, they're... I think they're, they're problematic children. Yeah, so I think the way it is, I think they just randomly pick a certain school district. Like a certain... Oh, like, yeah. Uh, but theirs just happens to be chosen because I think the teacher... Or it's I think it's a disgruntled old older teacher yeah. that they used to have that they treated like shit, and so now he's like. Then he volunteers them, and he's like, "Karma's he wants a to bitch, be basically." Yeah. yeah. Uh, so such such a fantastic film. You don't really see a lot of, um, besides horror films, mm-hmm. but you don't really see a lot of uh, um, exposure of Japanese cinema besides animation most right. of the time. So Battle Royale was, I think, um maybe really put Japanese cinema into the uh, forefront oh, for, for modern sure. audiences, but not considering like older 50s films like Akira Kurosawa and like mm-hmm. samurai films, like not including those. This ushered in maybe in a new age for modern Japanese filmmaking, filmmakers. Um, super cool film. I love it. I think the acting is great. I think the suspense is very real. Oh, Again, right. it's not yeah. really a horror film. There's not scary elements, but there's very suspenseful elements like right you're very rooting for these characters that to survive and to live and there's there's a couple of handful of other students a high school because they're like high school age yeah that fighting against each other that some are just deranged oh like psychopaths yeah. like oh geez um a really good film if you haven't seen it uh highly recommend watching it i know some viewers uh don't particularly enjoy reading subtitles with movies <laughs> the thing is yeah. like if you want to watch really good films, uh, listeners, you, you got to learn how to read subtitles with some films. And follow along with and the follow movie along as with well. The, like, yeah. I'll, I'll agree. I'll admit. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you're like, ah, I'd rather just, just have it dubbed over right. in a different language. But sometimes it's the nuance of that language mm-hmm. that gives it its emotional, like, bang. Yes, like, really, exactly. really good. And as an example of that, um, of the whole dubbing thing, I feel like when... You listen to a movie that's like a foreign film, for example, and you like dub over it with like other voices. It just distracts it. Exactly. Like it distracts from the experience of the film. So, for example, like My Neighbor Totoro. Yeah. That's like my favorite animated like film from like the time I was a child. And I remember when I was younger, um, the only version that we had, obviously, was the was the Japanese version. But then they did like a, an American dubbed version. I think uh, what's her name? Um, with Dakota the, Fanning, the Fanning sisters, yeah, and it it's not no disrespect to them or anything. They did a great job, but it's mm-hmm. just like like I said, it takes you out of the experience of yeah. Espe- I guess especially for someone who listened to it from like the time that I was a child, mm-hmm. you know. So to hear it 
Americanized, it didn't sound right to me. I don't yeah. know. So I've never been mm-hmm. able to watch that version or yeah, watch that version all the way through mm-hmm. because it's just too, it's too, uh, I don't know. It's too distracting for me. No, I'm not a I, fan I completely it. get it. Like dubbed audio is fine and all, but there's, like I said, specific nuances in the original mother language that the film was shot in that you can't really translate. Right. Especially if it's a film that's very uh, ingrained in the culture of which it's showing, you know? Exactly. Like Battle Royale, there's a lot of, uh, of like, the, the Japanese school system and, like, the Japanese customs and, like, a lot of students who are too, like, fearful or trying to avoid breaking social norms and customs, they're one of the first to die in the film right. because of that fear. And they have to quickly snap out of it and think, like, this is now really life or death mm-hmm. so you wouldn't really pick up on those nuances if it was like in english or if it's like oh god forbid americanized like death note the death note live action <laughs> oh, film yeah ah like and then i hear talks of jj abrams wanting to do an americanized live action version of the anime film your name really and i don't know if you've seen that movie i've heard of it really touching romance film like Really, really good film. Really good movie. And, yeah, they just... There's there's a lot of, like, deeply held Japanese customs and beliefs, like a little bit of Shintoism mm-hmm. involved in the movie, that if you try to Americanize it, it gets lost. Exactly. It gets lost in the noise, yeah. and then the message kind of gets muddied. So, um, I, I'm not anti-dubbing. I'm not anti-adapting a film or a narrative for specific audiences and specific cultures. But... Don't do it if it's going to detract from the overall quality of the film. Story experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everything has to serve story, not money. You know, I feel exactly. like in some cases it's like you're, you're trying to go for uh, a market or you're going for an audience and you're just trying to like really widen those, those money bags. But all in all, the best movies are the ones that serve a great story. Even if they're not well known, exactly. they stand the test of time. So. Uh, they're like instant classics from the get-go. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, even if they're not popular movies, say, you know, like A Quiet Place will definitely be one of those movies that stands the test of time that people will remember 20 years from now as, like, you know, one of those standalone movies. But movies like Battle Royale, I feel like, still stand the test of time even today because they're, like, more of, like, a cult classic, yeah, per se, than more of, like, a, I guess, a wider popular yeah, you know, it's not one of those movies that's like very super popular, but it's oh, it's such a good movie. It's so good, really good film. Really, you guys I'm should so watch. So happy it. that's Highly on your list too, because that's on my. List I'm kind of surprised well. it was on your list. Really, I felt like is it cheating to put Battle Royale? Is this no, a because film? I mean, as we yeah. discussed in the first episode, horror is you know it's more reason. than just right. It's yeah. it's anything that you know. It doesn't matter if it's a horror comedy. It doesn't matter if it's. You know, if it has horror elements sprinkled throughout, mm-hmm. it's a horror film, you okay. know? At least in my opinion. People yeah. obviously feel different, I'm sure. But uh, I feel like anything that is in the horror genre that has some element of horror is considered a horror movie, in my opinion. So. Okay, yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's that's my number two, Battle Royale. That's also on mine, so... We'll skip right over that one and go to the next one, which is a, also a movie that came out in 2006. And that would be 
Final Destination 3, which, in my opinion, is the best one out of the entire series. Okay. Um, I feel like most people would say that the first one is their favorite, but as much as I love the first one... Which is the one with the plane? That's the plane, yeah. yeah the third that's, one's that's the, a good one. Yeah, the plane... Or the third one's the one with the roller coaster. What's the one with the... the the steel beams on the highway like oh the logs yeah that's the number two that's okay. final destination two that one freaked me out for so long when i was a kid i'm like oh i don't want to be behind cars that have just like loose like oh <laughs> i mean i still get really that way me. anytime i see like a truck driving down the freeway with like those little metal pipes yeah it's i like, always that's i always ooh. think about that i'm like get out of the way of this car because i'm not having one of those go through my windshield exactly <laughs> oh man to me all the films are like a blur though they like really interconnect because they're more just like scenarios of like, right. oh, wouldn't this be awful if people died this way? Right. But I mean, they're not yeah. uh, they're not masterpieces by any means. But I find the concept very fascinating. I find the they're um, entertaining. They're entertaining. Oh, films, they're very sure. entertaining. But I also feel like as as much as people want to say that they're just made for shock value and stuff, I feel like a lot of work does go into those films, especially the the third one. Um, Cause <laughs> I've seen the third one so many times. I grew up with the third one. Like I can quote it backwards and front. Um, I've watched the special features like a million times and there's so many um, on the special features. They like talk about how they did like every single death, oh, every nice. like, okay. it's just, it's a lot of work went into it and the acting's pretty good. I like the character. The, the reason why I like this, love this one so much is that what this one did that I feel like the other ones did in a in a sense, but not as well, is develop their characters. I feel like you actually care for about these characters, like at, at least the main characters, uh, the main few that are in it the whole time. You really like are invested in them from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end. Um, the third one, in my opinion, also has like some of the best deaths out of the whole series. Um, like there's like a tanning bed death, which is actually oh, that's a third one. Yeah, okay, I do remember. Which that. is actually probably my favorite death of all the deaths in the entire series. To be honest with you, that's probably my favorite yeah, one. That one's awful. It is awful. Was, but yeah. um, yeah. So I don't know. I just I really love this movie. It it's very sentimental to me. Okay. Like <laughs> it has a a very big sentimental value to me. So um. Also has Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it, so I've oh, talked about her in, okay. yeah, in the yeah. first episode and how much I love her. So that's also another plus to loving okay. the third one is because she's the main girl. So okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's my number two, Final Destination three. All right. So. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So for my number three pick, we have two thousands film American Psycho. Ooh. Have you seen this movie? I have. I've right. only seen it a handful of times, though, so... Now, this one... Yeah, I, I feel it classifies as horror. Oh, Maybe yeah. Horror. Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, more of a satirical type of horror definitely. movie, though. It's in satirical like, in, like, a lot of moments in which it's... It's funny, fun. and you're feeling like, should I be laughing at this? Yeah, you should be laughing. It's supposed to be dumb. It's supposed to be ridiculous. Right. Like the whole scene with their their business cards, like, oh, take <laughs> my ivory number three embossed <laughs> yeah. seven business card, and it's like, oh, this is... This garbage. Look at my signature card with its linen. Like it's so ridiculous. And then you've and, got the legendary scene where he's dancing with the axe, and he's got the, the axe, and he's plastic. listening to "Hip to Be Square" by yeah. Huey Lewis in the news. Yep. And it's it's a crazy film, but it's also very like it's not your typical like oh this is 
graphically horror and gory, but it's more of like the psychology of someone who becomes so unhinged because of their place in society of what they think they should be that they just snap. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. like, oh, I'm snapping because I'm a, a, a blue-collar worker and I need to support my family, I need to do this and do that, and just the weight of all that burden makes you snap, but it completely in the opposite direction. You have a person who is supposed to be uh, a broker, you know, and they're supposed to look great and they're supposed to be financially healthy and they're supposed to um, have the best business cards, the best mm-hmm. suits. They're supposed to be very flu- affluent, essentially. Yeah. And a person who just, that's where the satire comes in, thinks <laughs> this is ridiculous, this is so dumb. And in doing so, instead of just saying, just uh, attacking the establishment and saying like, oh, this is really, really silly, why are we doing this? He just snaps and finds outlet through through murdering yep. and through killing and be, through becoming a serial killer, uh, hence the title American Psycho. <laughs> However, our narrator, our main character, is a very unreliable narrator too because by the end of the film, we start to question whether what is occurring is reality right. or whether it's being fabricated in his mind. And that also may, leads us to think like, Past events. Did that really happen? Did it not? Was it all in his head? Was it all in his head? Yeah, so it's an interesting... Very great film. Very cerebral. Um, one of... I... Like, Christian Bale was on the map as an actor before then. Like, mm-hmm. believe it or not, Christian Bale's been acting since he was, like, 10. God, yeah, he's been in, and, the, uh, he's been in the movie industry for a long time. Yeah, he was a kid for the movie... Um, uh, Empire of the Sun. That was a Spielberg See, film. I didn't know that. That was I a good movie. I didn't know... I completely... Yeah, did not know that he was in that movie. And then until he was in now. Newsies. Most people know from Newsies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, I feel, his breakthrough, um, like, not adult role, but, like, he's no longer a child actor. Right. Like, rebranding as, I'm not a child actor, I'm not cutesy. Like, I am now, have matured into roles such as this. And this, I feel this film really gave him his, uh, his credibility right. to really open up his variety of roles he could take going forward. And well-deserved. Because there's like there's I feel like there's always like that one role which is almost kind of like a rite of passage for certain actors and actresses that really like either makes or breaks their career. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think you're definitely right about this movie like making his career mm-hmm. going forward. Um, so yeah, I agree with you on that. Cool, cool. Was that on your list? No. No. Okay. All right. Nope, it was not. Hey, no worries, no worries. <laughs> but it is a great it's a great film. So, mm-hmm. um, anything else you want to say about it? Uh, just as always, just check it out. Check it out, guys, if you haven't seen it. Good film. It is a good film. Um, so the <coughs> next one on my list, which is what, number seven now? We've done three so far? Yeah. This yeah. was your third one? That was my third. So my third one is going to be, it's a movie from 2007. It's a vampire movie, which in my opinion is the best vampire movie that has ever been made. Disagree with me if you want, but... Is it Van Helsing? No. Okay. Uh, it's 30 Days of Night. Oh, the the Alaskan one. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. So basically, for those of you who aren't familiar with this film, um, it's a movie that came out in 2007, and it's about a small Alaskan town that uh, endures 30 days of night in the middle of winter. But on top of that, a bunch of bloodthirsty vampires basically prey upon the town. So not only do they have the weather working against them, they don't have sunlight for 30 days, but now they've got a, bit, a big group of vampires going after them. So, um, yeah, I love this movie. The acting in this movie is great from everybody. Like, even the supporting characters. Like, all the acting is great. 
um, the vampires are scary as hell. Mm. Like the first time I remember the first time I watched this movie, I actually rented it or borrowed it from a friend who had it. Um, and it just happened to be during the winter. So it was snowing outside. It was cold. So I think, uh, watching it during that time really helped me get into the mindset of the movie because Mm. basically the whole movie, like you, they do a really great job at um, establishing the setting of the place as well. Like with the tone and the music and the, the way they um, light the film, it's just very creepy. I don't know. It's just very cold. It's a very cold film. Like when you watch it, you just feel cold. Like, I don't know how else to explain. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's I feel the also, thing does a really good job. Oh, with that. very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's also a very like with certain shots, there's a very Kubrick esque. Okay. Aesthetic. I haven't seen the movie, but that's cool. I'll have to show you. We'll have okay. to. We're definitely going to do a review on it in the future. But uh, there's a couple of shots in particular that I feel like are very Kubrick-esque. Like there's a shot of um, one of the characters standing in like a jail cell, and it's very like, um, what's the word? It's a very um, symmetrical shot. Okay. Like it's very. And it's just a very, like, slow, like, zoom in as the character's, like, talking. Okay. And it's, uh, to me, it's very Kubrick-esque. That was, like, 2001, where, like, we have Hal viewing our yeah. characters talking. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I, I love the vampires. I love the setting. I love the acting, the story. Um, it's very bloody. There's very, there's a few uh, very, very disturbingly bloody scenes. So people who are triggered by a lot of violence and gore don't watch this movie. It's not for you. <laughs> but if you if you can handle blood and gore, I suggest you watch this movie. It's a very good film. Um, I like the... I, I just really like the way they made the vampires look. Um, they just look really fucking terrifying. They're really <laughs> scary to me. Okay. I don't know. Um, they almost made them almost kind of look like sharks in a way. Because they've got completely black eyes. They don't have any, like, sort of color except just black. Okay. And then their teeth are very sharp. Just very, like, shark teeth. Okay. In a way. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love this movie. Um, nothing but good things to say about it. I don't I don't <laughs> think I have any gripes with this movie whatsoever, really. Uh, okay. It's got a good sense of pacing. I mean, there are times when it, when it's a little bit slower in parts where not everything... Uh, not a lot is going on at once, but uh, yeah, it's a good film. So 30 Days of Night is my number three. All right. So. Nice. Very nice. I have to check it out. Yes, it's very good. All right. Now on to my fourth movie and a fitting title for the fourth one. So you want to take a guess? Uh, give me a hint. Uh, came out 2009. Okay. Um, I don't know if dates help you. Sometimes dates help me with me. Uh, with Sometimes, movies. but I, I, uh, there's a lot of movies that came out in 2009. So 2009, like. this is uh, an interesting horror film in the sense that it plays off almost like a mockumentary, as well. Okay. Um, I think the mil- the film is phenomenal. I think it's creepy, but it doesn't ter- necessarily terrify me. Mm-hmm. But. It freaks Swayze out. She absolutely is terrified by this film, <laughs> which says a lot because she doesn't really get freaked out watching. Oh, films. okay. Is it Paranormal Activity? It's not Paranormal Activity. Oh, okay, but that's a good guess because that one did come out in two thousand nine. Mm. So, so two thousand nine like, was a good year then. It was, yeah. So this one is the fourth kind. 
Oh my god. Oh, well, I can see why that freaks Swayze <laughs> out because it freaks me out every time I watch it too. I that movie is terrifying. This movie. It's so scary. It's so unsettling. Like I am a little bit of a UFO enthusiast. I think the the ideas of aliens and just like something being out there like is super cool to me. Uh if this were the X-Files, I'm very much like a a, a Mulder and Swayze's right. like Scully because she's like, "Oh, <laughs> aliens don't exist." Even though she doesn't really believe in them. The idea of them terrifiers, mm-hmm. but for me it's like, oh no, something's out there. That'd be awesome. That'd be really oh, yeah. cool. Like it'd be really. But seeing this film <laughs> really did make it feel scary, though. You're like, maybe I don't want to encounter aliens in the future. It was a really well-made film for a PG-13 film, no less, which is very surprising to me. Not saying PG-13 films can't be scary, but like once you get that R rating, you could really push the envelope, really make the oh yeah the audience feel uncomfortable. But at, for a PG-13 film it managed to do a really good job of that. And I think in my shoes specifically, um, I come from a little bit of like a Catholic upbringing. Right. So the film, it's it's clever in the way that it plays off of like almost supernatural mm-hmm. tropes with the alien abductions and with the alien encounters. And I think that also plays not on those who are authentically terrified of aliens, but also those who are scared of the unknown and scared right. of like the supernatural entities of ghosts and spirits and that's what tripped me out. That's what mm-hmm. kind of freaked me out of the of the movie itself. And it kind of plays off of like a Blair Witch, like, Aesthetic. is this real? Yeah. You know? Like the whole time, like the, the making of the film, the promotion, the promoting of the film, uh, the cast and crew really make it a scene like these were true events that are being reenacted for the camera. It's not true. So it's, sorry, not, sorry, based, yeah. it's not based it's on not anything based on in any anything reality. Real. Okay, because I mean... At first, I thought maybe it was based off of something that actually happened to people in this town. But they did such but... a good job, right? Oh, Just right. like the Blair Witch Project. So I'm sorry to burst listeners' bubbles if you guys saw like, oh, fourth kind, that's based on real. Like, it's not, actually. They they played around with the wording a little bit so that like, you can't pursue legal right. action. So like, this made it seem like it was real. No, it's not. But with that thought going into it, it makes mm-hmm. it much more creepy. Well, and the fact that they threw in, like, uh, you know, obviously you know who Mila Jokovic is. Exactly. Like, as, like, the actor, but then they put, like, they do, like, a, almost like a side-by-side thing with an actual, like, it looks like an actual person that's yeah. supposed and they, to, they like, say, like, she's reenacting. Her, yeah. Right. So it's, like, it adds that level of, like, authenticity to me. Yeah. Where it's, like, ugh. And it's, it makes it really creepy. Ugh, there's just some, like, really jarring and disturbing imagery in this film without it really even being like overly disturbing oh totally i don't know how to explain it it's, it's just it's very suspenseful it's it's terrifying it's i don't like, know it's like a ticking bomb like, like you don't know when something's gonna happen it just makes it all the more terrifying really. right right it's it's a, it's a terrifying movie so I, I will if you guys want to have a really really creepy night go home put on the fourth kind turn off all your lights and just watch a movie it's a good one. It's a very creepy film. It's very creepy. The only thing that technically is real, though, in the uh, the film is the end credits, where well, as the credits are rolling, there's different phone calls from people oh. to like law enforcement or to family members or to um, whatever of people saying like, oh, I saw this really big light flying in from here and I don't know what it is. And then it's just like, so those are actual phone calls that people had. That's creepy. Claiming that they've seen like a UFO right. or something. But that's it. That's that's the only actual real thing. But still to imagine Ugh. if like the yeah. story happened. Well, good film. Good and movie. I mean, I believe in aliens 100%. I 
you know, when people talk about their experiences with being abducted, like, I'm like, that, it sounds terrifying. I hope that never (laughs) happens to me. Like, so I'm from, uh, from California, uh, a little place near the Mojave Desert. Mm -hmm. And there has been times where me and my siblings, we've experienced things that are pretty weird. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to call them UFO experiences, but they're on a, they're not easily explainable. Yeah. Like, um, one time me my brother are in the back seat and we're younger we're like maybe 12 years old and my father and my uncle are in the front seat and we're driving down the highway and we see my brother points it out to me like look what's that what looks like this red orb thing kind of flying really low hmm. out of the distance kind of matching our speed uh-huh. driving the highway and from what it looks like it's far away enough to be behind the houses that it was going under but close enough to be in front of the mountains Weird. And it was matching our speed. And as we stop, we, we go off the freeway and we stop at an intersection. It kind of stops with us. Oh. And it kind of gets closer for a bit. And then it just turns off like a flashlight. Just That's weird. No sounds, no nothing. As this whole thing's happening, I'm like trying to deduce like, is this a, is this a glare off of mm-hmm. a window? Is it a light? bring down the window, poke my head out the window looking at it, and no, nothing. And it's this just soft, like, red light. Like, if you were to put, like, a quarter up into the sky, right. that's, like, about the, the the size of how big it was. Yeah. And super weird. And then a second time that something weird happened, and this was, like, my whole family was involved. Uh, at this point, I'm college age. I'm visiting uh, my folks back at home, sleeping in, like, the guest bedroom that they have for us. Uh, and I hear what sounds like this buzzing sound like a motor kind of mm-hmm. like when it goes away yeah 10 minutes or so later and it's a little bit longer by the fourth time you hear it and then it stops and it just maintains like this volume and then it goes away this Weird. point I'm freaking out because I'm like I'm half awake, half asleep. Like what is going on? You're like, am I having a sleep paralysis? Episode yeah, I have here? no idea. Go upstairs, <laughs> go to my brother's room. He's like, you hear that? He's like, yeah, I hear that. Go to my parents' room. My mom is also awake, so everyone hears this. It's not just Weird. in my head. They're also fully awake. The only person who's not awake is my dad. My dad is annoyed by the whole situation. Is <laughs> yeah, like, guys, it's just it's just uh, Air Force nearby. They're just doing testing. It's just just go back to bed. He wasn't having any of it. Mm-hmm. At that point, the sounds had stopped, but it was weird. It was concerning. And as mm-hmm. soon as the sounds stopped, all the dogs in the neighborhood, it seemed like, started barking like crazy. Weird. It was like, like, owners of houses are going outside, like, why are you barking? What's going on? So it was a weird situation. Oh, well, you know the dogs can sense that shit. Yeah, can, exactly. You know. So that was a weird experience. Um, where I'm from, it is right by a U.S. Air Force base. Right. So... It could have been experimental testing mm-hmm. of a new aircraft. But the thing is, it wasn't something that was normal. It, it was wasn't a normal sound. It wasn't a normal plane that the public is made aware of. It wasn't... Um, it could have been experimental Air Force testing, but it was unidentified still. Right. So you could call it a UFO. Yeah. So that's my argument with that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, a bit of a tangent, but I thought, like, we're talking about the fourth kind. It'd be cool Might to talk as well. about Right, exactly. And it's fantasy. always fun to throw in, like, your... Uh, paranormal ufo type of experiences mm-hmm. i have a lot of paranormal experiences that i would like to share at some point on the sh- show yeah um when we get into it because yeah since it's like not just a 
we haven't advertised it as just a horror movie podcast. It's uh-huh. just a horror podcast in general. And I feel like that kind of stuff falls into the category of like horror because it's something that is unknown and something uh-huh. that scares us. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'd like to eventually do some episodes where we do like story time episodes where we, where we talk about our experiences. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I have a lot. I could do <laughs> probably two or three episodes chocked full of just paranormal experiences that i've had in my lifetime so mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it's a we'll good... say that for other times yes but it's a... the fourth kind that's that's my number four movie good movie to have so ooh, i'm excited to talk about this movie so this is a uh movie from 2007 so so far we've kept a consistent pattern i've had two from 06 and two from 07 now mm-hmm. um but um this is a lesser-known movie. I know that it uh, got circulated through the the film festival circuit, um, but it never got, like, a super wide theatrical release. I don't even think it got a re- theatrical release, period. Um, but this is a super, super underrated horror film, and for people that haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's a documentary-style horror film. Do you want to take a guess on what that is? 2006? 2007. And I don't blame you if you haven't heard of it, because it's a very... I'm surprised I even know about it. I don't even remember the first time I ever watched it, to be honest with you. I don't know. That's how obscure it was to me at the time. Um, That would be the Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah, I don't know. You've never heard of it? I've never heard of it. Okay, so uh, for people that haven't heard of it, it's basically a documentary which is almost kind of like the fourth kind. It's made out to be like this real thing that actually happened. Mm -hmm. So basically it's about this serial killer that was going around killing people, but he has tapes of every single victim that he's ever like murdered. So throughout the court, it's almost like a documentary like that you'd watch on the discovery channel, but um, they go through like throughout the course of the film, they show you like different tapes that like were recorded by him. Okay. And it's, it's, a super fucking disturbing movie in my opinion <laughs> because it um the fact that it's it's filmed on a VHS camcorder so like so you know like, like the Blair Witch quality. it has like a Blair Witch quality but like the way they I don't know if they edited it in post I'm sure they probably did some editing in post um but they do like you know the way the VHS tapes like wave like the way the the camera or the the film like waves and you got like those weird like in and out type uh-huh. of static type of like looks. That's yeah. basically what the movie is pretty much the entire time. And that almost adds to the feel of like the disturbing nature of it because it makes it feel more real. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there are some disturbing fucking things that happen in this film. Like um, there's one character specifically that he like kidnaps and basically keeps as a slave type of thing. And there's some like, there isn't like any like, rape scenes per se in this like at all i mean he makes comments about like rape and stuff um but no rape scenes in the film at all so that's a plus because i I don't like rapey stuff that's like one thing that i'm not a huge fan of not um i can handle the gore i can handle the the horror the fright type of stuff when it comes to rape stuff, I'm not a big fan. Never have been, never will be. I can't watch, stomach yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie is like super fucking disturbing. And uh, I gar- I highly recommend it to people that haven't heard of it or are interested in like movies of this type. Um, 
It's a very good film. Very well acted. Uh, very well directed. Yeah, super disturbing. I love it. <laughs> All right. And uh, the, yeah, that's my number four, the Poughkeepsie tape. So. Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. All right. It's supposed to be a town in New York, I think. Poughkeepsie. Yeah. My brain is. So it's based on a real town, and so, I I think it's cool that they they market it to be, a real thing. Okay. Yeah, and it was a very low budget film. Um, it's actually cool because I watched a behind the scenes thing about it, and there's a scene where, there's like a SWAT team that raids the killer's house, but he's already gone, but his tapes are left behind, and that's mm. obviously how they find him in the first place. But it's really cool because they were talking about how when they filmed the SWAT team, when you imagine a SWAT team, you imagine like a huge fucking group of people, like yeah. 20 or 30 different people raiding this house. <coughs> they only had... They only had, I think, five or six people posing as extras as the SWAT team. So they had to be creative with the way they filmed it. So they would they would film it in a way where they would follow two people in that were SWAT to make it look like they were, you know, and then they would have a couple of other people come from the back to make it look like they were... A huge team. Like a huge, huge team. Operate, and then they would, like, seamlessly, like, edit it to make it seem like there were more people coming in continuing to file in mm-hmm. but it was like the same six people so it's like really cool the way they like <laughs> messed with uh like the editing yeah type of thing with like funny. on a low budget and for like a low budget film it's like i said very very disturbing very scary like i mean i'm paranoid enough with shit like that like i listen to so many true crime podcasts i i you know i'm very into the true crime thing and so I'm already paranoid enough. I make sure my door is locked at all times. doesn't matter if I'm home during the day. Like, my door is locked. I don't care. <laughs> this movie definitely solidified the fact why I keep my doors locked. Because this movie is, like, terrifying in the sense that this could happen to anybody, really. You know? It's, it's very realistic in the sense that they play on that. They play on the realism of it and the disturbing nature of, like what goes on in these killers heads like mm-hmm. that makes them so demented mm-hmm. so yeah and that's why that this movie is on my list so the poughkeepsie tapes the poughkeepsie tapes yes all right awesome hey you said it this time i you got through I it i tried really hard <laughs> <laughs> all right so my next one number five is actually also a remake Ooh, okay it's a remake of a 90s film okay a foreign film uh, came out in 2007, and it's called Funny Games. <gasps> oh. Have you seen this? Yes, it has Naomi Watts it has and Tim uh, Roth. Tim Roth, yeah. a father, yeah. That movie. Ah, that movie's a trip. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm a little hazy on the details. But it's a family that goes to their beach home, and like the, the marriage between the mother and husband is kind of falling apart. It's a little bit shambles. And then these two well-intentioned guys mm-hmm. manage to not break into their home by force, but convince themselves into their home and then keeps them captive. Yeah. And then one by one, start slowly killing off the family. Yeah. And they oh, just yeah. start playing horrible, like just mind manipulations with them, like saying awful things, mm-hmm. making them do stuff. Um, it's it's a very well like shot film. The cinematography oh, yeah. is really Definitely. good. The direction is really good. The acting was phenomenal. Um, I haven't seen the original a German version because I think it's, I it's a German film. Yeah, uh, this is an American remake, but it's so good. 
It so is good. good. I really liked it. Um, admittedly, though, I've only ever seen it once. I think I've because seen it it's two one of those movies that I can't. And I, I even read somewhere that it's on a list of movies that you, you can watch once in your life and never have to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> and not necessarily because it's not a good film, but because I think as far as slow burn movies goes, it's pretty this slow. Movie that is, is true. So slow and like, um, and it's not even. I mean, it's disturbing. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I think the reason why I could never watch it again is just because. I don't. I don't even know how to explain why I couldn't watch it again. It's just not a movie that one time's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, but it's a good. It's a great film. It is great. Like the first time I watched it, I was engaged. I was disturbed. Like, um, also, don't mind that humming noise in the background. That would be our refrigerator. We'll cut it out in post. <laughs> right, funny. right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good. Good yeah. film. And that's that's my number five. Anything else you want to say about it? Uh, kind of breeze through that one a little bit. So, <laughs> again, like I'm saying, like it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. So, like, I remember, and I've only seen it once, so I can't provide much commentary on that. Yeah, but. it's. I remember it was being impactful. Like, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's certain shots that are really well done, almost artsy in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Um, so not your typical horror film. I would almost call it like an like an like an art house horror film. Yeah. If if, if I go as far as to say that. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Good one to have. So, yeah. So, the next one on my list is a film that came out in 2005, and it's a foreign horror film. It's an Australian horror film. Do you want to take a guess on what that is? I don't even know if I know Australian movies besides Mad Max. I don't know. (laughs) It's uh, Wolf Creek. I don't know it. You've never heard of Wolf Creek. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it's loosely... I am... I mean... It's loosely based off an actual serial killer called Ivan Milan. I think that's his name. He was called the Backpack Killer. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, but basically, he was a killer like during the 90s that killed a bunch of like foreigners, like backpackers, and even people that were native to Australia. Um, mm-hmm. um, so it's basically loosely based off of him, but the things that happened in the film aren't based on any sort of, I don't think, any sort of truth. Okay. Um, but basically it's about a, a group of like three people that go to see this like crater. It's called Wolf Creek Crater in Australia. I don't even think it's a real crater. I think they made it made it up. But okay. uh, basically um, they visit this crater and then they go back to their car and their car won't start. And then um, they're kind of sitting there in the dark, kind of sitting in their car. And all of a sudden you see like these headlights come up behind them. And there's this guy that come, gets out and... His name's Mick Taylor. That's his name in the film. Um, this kind of sounds familiar. And he basically takes them back to his camp, telling them that he'll fix their car. He basically tows their car back to like this camp in the middle of nowhere. And basically, one by one, he like, well, yeah, he starts killing them off, kind of thing. But uh, the thing that I find interesting is I don't, I don't want to spoil anything really. Um, but they kind of do like a a surprise twist to where you think that um, a certain person is going to be like the main person the whole movie. Not the case. Sounds like a psycho situation. Right, right. Okay. Like it's almost kind of like a red herring where you think that like this person's going to like hold the movie through from like beginning to end. And yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Um, 
that's as far as I'll go. I won't say anything more other than that, but, um, pretty disturbing film. There's some disturbing imagery. The, uh, the killer that's play or the guy that plays the killer. I can't remember his name at the moment, but, uh, fantastic in this film. The acting's amazing. Um, it's, it's shot on more of like a low budget. Um, Wolf Creek 2 that came out in 2014 was shot on a much higher budget and you can definitely tell, but it's made by the same director. Um, but yeah, this, uh, it's one of those classic horror movies that I feel like a lot of people consider a classic, uh, very disturbing, very fun movie. I love it. So that is my number, what, my number five, five I think, yeah. is Wolf Creek, so. Right, cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right, horror guys and gals. So with that being the midpoint of this episode, we are going to take a quick break, and we are going to talk to you about our sponsor. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we are now on our final five <coughs> on our top ten list of favorite horror movies of the 2000s. So from... <laughs> Sorry, your coughing threw I'm me dying. off a little bit. I'm, um, I'm good. I'm good. Keep going. <laughs> so, if uh, Roman, if you want to start us off with your number six. All right. So, my number six. It came out in two thousand four. You want to take a guess? Take a gander. Okay. Um, it started. Is it a horror comedy? Not a horror comedy, but it started an entire franchise. Oh, okay. I know this one. It's Saw. Yeah, it's Saw. Yeah, that's, right. that's it, guys. It's Saw. Yeah. So yeah, the sixth film of mine is Saw. Um, surprisingly, though, I don't really like Saw films. Like, they, I feel they're a little gratuitous with their violence. I feel... Well, certainly after the first one, they definitely got more... But the first one's still good. Right. It's the least violence out of all of them, and it's very psychological. And directed by James Wan... Horror which is master, like my favorite like modern horror right. filmmaker. We're yeah. talking about The Conjuring, Insidious, all those really good. Oh, Dead Silence is a good one. That's the one I still have to see. Yeah, that's, that's another one where like one I was too. a kid, I was too scared to watch. But yeah, if it's James one, yeah, I got to check that out. But yeah, so Saw, Saw's on my list right there. Is did that make it on your top ten? No, <laughs> really, yeah, I'm actually surprised. I know. Um, I actually, I actually prefer the. The second and third ones to the first one. Okay. I get that. I understand that the first one's what started it all. Yeah. So I do give it all credit, like where it rightfully deserves credit. But as far as like enjoyability, I do prefer the second and third one. Okay. And then after that, the rest of them are just kind of. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how far they went. Is it a five? <laughs> no, there's eight now. <laughs> because Why? Saw, 3, oh, Saw 3D was the seventh one, and that came out back in, I think. I want to say 2011, maybe 2012, okay. around that time. And then Jigsaw came out a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Which we didn't need it, but whatever. I mean, it's really <laughs> whatever it. reasons they can find to make more money, I guess. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, tell tell me, let us know why you like Saw so much. Why is that on your list? Uh, so this is kind of the same situation with uh, Funny Games. It's been such a while since I've seen it. Yeah. But I just remember the concept of it being very, like, it's hard to think about back in a time where films didn't have the concept of, like, oh, there's a, a mastermind and you're stuck in this one, like, uh, enclosed space and you have to try to find a way to get out and, like, you have to use your wits, but the time is ticking. Time yeah. is ticking on your livelihood or, like, a, a limb or, like, those mind games and elements. Um, Yeah, I really feel like we didn't really see that in cinema until movies like Saw. 
So right. I think that's what I give it credit for, like just okay. scenes of like that, like just being trapped. Uh, it, was it the first movie that had the, the bear trap? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, it's so gruesome. Oh, so awful. oh yeah. How twisted you have to be to think of something like that. But yeah, it's I a remember good one. enjoying it. Like it's that, that tension of knowing like a train wreck can happen at any moment. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's why I enjoyed the film. Uh, I enjoy like the... Um, <coughs> there's some parts of it that give me like major uh, seven vibes. Yeah, I don't know if it's because of like the I love seven the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like when they go down in the basement, it's all foggy and yeah. the color palettes, like mm-hmm. the greenish like hue, uh, definitely gives like seven vibes in that aspect. Um, also, I like the fact that um, when James Wan and Lee Wan L came up with the concept. I think they were fresh out of film school, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And they had to come up with like a cheap, they came up with like a cheap, affordable, like way to make a good film. And so like most of the movie takes place in that one room. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really what they had to work with was, you know, having a setting where it takes place in one room with just two characters going back and forth. And, you know, obviously there's things that happen um, during the majority of the film that's not taking place in that room, but that's where the majority of the film takes mm-hmm. place. And taking advantage of the limitations that they right. have as filmmakers. Right. So I love I love the innovation that went into making this film. So that's something else I kind of wanted to add to your uh, list of reasons why you like it. I mm, like it. Gotcha. I also like it from like the technical standpoint and like the fact that they had um, a limited budget you know, not a whole lot to work with, but they made with what they had a great film. I think that, you know, really started a franchise. So hats off to you, James Wan, for there you go. You know, and starting like once multiple again, franchises. Yeah. Saw right. Insidious, The Warrens with the Conjuring films and Annabelle and all those stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Such a such a genius when it comes to making movies and not only that but he he's also branched out and made other movies that weren't horror films like mm-hmm. what was it aquaman did he direct aquaman he did yeah, yeah. so it's pretty cool he can Which like is interesting yeah yeah <laughs> so, i mean i love it when filmmakers branch out and start to do stuff that that's not their comfort zone because it makes you think how is this going to play out right i haven't seen aquaman but heard it wasn't wasn't bad right it's pretty decent yeah that's a great one to have on your list yeah so there we go so Saw. Saw from 2004. It's a good that was one. a while ago, yeah. So, my next one is a film from 2001. It's a, a horror thriller. Do you want to take a guess on what it is? 2001 horror thriller. She got me. I don't know. Joyride. Joyride. Why does that sound familiar? It's about the one where the two brothers are uh, going cross-country to pick up this one girl that the... Uh, uh, what is his name? It's a horror movie? Yeah, it is okay. a horror movie. Uh, where the character, the main character, he's going to pick up this girl that he likes. He's going on a road trip, and he has to pick up his brother from jail. Okay. And then they, like, end up playing a prank on this truck driver, pretending to be a woman, like, over the the little radio thing that they okay. use. Okay, and it's like a a homicidal trucker that's yes to get them. yeah and so basically when he finds out that it's like all a joke he like basically goes after all of them okay that sounds really familiar i might have seen it like 
way, way back when. It has uh, Paul Walker in it. Okay. The late, great Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, this movie came out in 01. It's a great movie, great acting. I love the story. This It's like a, the simplicity of the story is what I love um, and how they took such a simple plot and made it into like this like never-ending tension building like horror film like i just love it i love i love everything about it i love the cinematography i love even the character of the truck itself like even the truck itself is a character in this film like that the way they the way they shoot this film there's like a specifically a cool fucking shot that i love so much from this film where they're all by a cornfield and they've got it lit to, you know, like you can see, uh, they've got the horizon lit. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like from far away, you just see like the headlights of the light of the truck come on and like start chasing them. And then there, it's like, there's like this cool, like sequence where the truck is chasing them through the cornfield. Mm-hmm. So cool. Such a good movie. <laughs> and like the climax of this movie is pretty intense too. Um, but yeah, I won't get into it as, as far as that, but, uh, Yeah. Good movie, Sweet. great acting, great directing. Love it. Very it's a good. Nice. It's a good thrill ride. No pun intended. <laughs> pun intended, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen this movie, or if I mean, very faintly heard about this movie, I highly recommend you guys watch it because it is a great film. So that's my number. What number six? Yeah. Yeah. So Joyride. So. All right. Sweet. Joyride. Yeah. On to number seven, right? Our number yeah. seven? Yep. <clears throat> okay. So for my number seven, this movie, I feel when it came out, was kind of polarizing. Mm-hmm. Some people liked it, but hated the ending. Some people hated it altogether. Some people thought it was a subtle masterpiece. It's a bit of a slow burn. It's not an outright horror film, but it's a very unnerving film. And it sets a... Um, a kind of suspenseful atmosphere, like very haunting atmosphere. Can I guess what it is before you say sure, it? Sure. Yeah. Is it the ring? It's not the ring. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Uh, oh, two thousand four. Duh. Yeah, that was close. Okay, but not the ring. You want to give another guess or no? Nah. Okay. You. So two thousand four. M Night Shyamalan's The Village. I. Love you like that movie? movie. Okay. I do. I, and I, I really love like the, the ending. I thought the ending was weird, but it didn't take me away from the experience. I thought the ending was genius. To be completely honest with you, I <laughs> loved it because the entire time you think it's set in like like the eighteen hundreds, like the times, Puritan yeah. times, yeah. And so, like when you find out at the end, I don't want to spoil it to like the people who haven't seen it. Yeah, exactly. no, that's fine. Yeah, that's true. But that's when true. you find out what's really going on at the end you're like holy fuck really like yeah it's a crazy movie the yeah. set designs are great the costume work is great the cinematography is phenomenal i don't remember if it got any award nominations if it got any i don't award either to be honest with you yeah but i remember it was a very interesting film i really enjoyed it and i know some people that really didn't like it so you know, either way, you got to respect the craft, though. You got to respect the the work that went into the film. Oh, for sure, that was really good. For sure, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the village. Yeah, the was that on your list at all or not? No. Okay. Um, but I do have an M Night Shyamalan on my uh, 
on my list, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. At least I thought I did. Where is it? Am I looking at the wrong list? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> Maybe you tacked it on an honorable mentions. I must have, because okay. it's I'm not seeing it on my like actual list now. But I could have sworn it was on there. <laughs> it's a nineties film. Oh, <laughs> not I, a two thousands film. I wonder what movie that number. So <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong list. I'm so sorry guys. That was um a blonde dumb moment on my part. So <laughs> Oh god, that that's embarrassing. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like sitting here like, why isn't it? I know I wrote this on my list. Why is it not here? And then I flipped the page and I was like, it was in 99, not 2000. So huh. sorry, guys, for that little brain fart of mine. Um, <laughs> but back to the matter at hand. Anything else you want to say about The Village? Yeah, it's just a great film. Like All it. right. Spoopy film. That's it. Oh, yeah. Very spooky. Um <laughs> So this next film is also from 01, came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, I debated whether or not I should put this on my list just because of the controversy that surrounds this film. Um, okay. I, I won't get into the controversy. We'll talk about it when we actually get into the film itself. Okay. But there there's a little bit of a controversy with the director of this film. Um, and I'm sure most people that like... Oh, I think I are familiar with it now. We'll know what I'm talking about, but uh, this film is is Jeepers Creepers from 2001. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and as I said in the first episode, this was one of the very first uh, horror films that I was ever introduced to as a child, and it gave me nightmares for months, and it terrified me, and I just I love this movie to this day. I still love this movie. Um, there are cer- certain parts of that mo- of this movie that don't stand the test of time as well, I guess you could Didn't say, I guess as, well. as, as far as, um, certain like visual effects go, like, uh, okay. uh when he's down in the cellar and the bodies, the bodies don't look very good don't now. Convincing. No, mm. but then I guess at the same time, you can argue that the, some of those bodies have been down there for a long time. So they yep. had to kind of have like that, like, uh what's the word preserved look so i guess you can argue that sure they don't look like real humans but they've also been down there for hundreds and hundreds of years so i yeah so that's i mean that's just a small gripe honestly otherwise i love the acting in this movie um justin long and gina phillips they're both fucking fantastic in this movie (laughs) justin long went on to do some pretty good things gina phillips kind of she didn't do a whole lot after Jeepers Creepers, which kind of makes me sad because, I mean, she's been in a handful of things, but not a whole lot of well-known things. Like, she's been in a few other horror movies, um, but nothing, like, worth noting. No offense. <laughs> but it kind of makes me sad because she, she's great in this movie. They're both great in this movie. And that's one thing that I love so much about this movie, aside from, like, all of, like, the, the horror elements of it the brother and sister relationship. You could not have found two better actors to play these parts because the two of them together, like you would believe they were brother and sister in real life. Like it's amazing, like how well they work off each other and how well they act with each other. And um, also I love the look of the creeper. I mm-hmm. love, he's probably me, probably my favorite 
creature. Like, it, I guess you could say it's a creature feature type of movie. Yeah. He's probably my favorite. Like, aside from Alien, the way the alien looks in Alien, he's probably my favorite creature. Like, the look of him. Okay. Like, especially, like, at the end when, you know, his, like, face opens up. And you've got that, yeah, you got that whole, like, creepy looking, I don't know, sci-fi. Kind of, yeah. Esque. Um, spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's almost a 20-year-old movie now. Yeah. That's true. So if you haven't seen this movie, it's almost 20 years old. So sorry, but not sorry that I yes. spoiled that for you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I just love... Um, I love the concept of this, too. Um, I know that it's basically, like, the director took direct... Uh, reference from an unsolved mysteries episode it's literally oh really yes literally the <laughs> opening of this movie is almost shot for shot like an unsolved mysteries i episode. loved watching that show as a kid though yeah it was a show on syndication i don't know where but that was that was a creepy show too yeah so he got he definitely got direct inspiration from that episode but still it's a very great standalone film mm-hmm. so can't say the can't say it for the rest of the films. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is okay. I, th- I find it enjoyable on some aspects, but the first one, in my opinion, is probably the only good one out of the series. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for another good one to come out. But with all the controversy surrounding the director, I don't know if another film will be made by him, which understandable. So, But it, it, like I said, it was, it was hard for me to... Um, decide whether I wanted to put this on my list or not just because it is a controversial controversial film you know um but at the end of the day I feel like you can separate a film from the director like you can love a really good film but not have to necessarily like the director you can appreciate the director for what he provided Mm -hmm. to the film you don't necessarily have to like the director so I had to separate myself from that I had to you know kind of be like Yes, the movie's great. I love this movie. Don't like the director, but I can still have it on my list. Yeah. So, judge me if you want to, but yeah. Jeepers Creepers is my number seven, so. Jeepers Creepers. Great movie. There you go. Man, it's so weird that it's almost Almost 20 years old. I know. (laughs) It's insane. bizarre to think about. Yeah. But all right then. So my next film, number, what, eight now? Yeah. Right, yep. Came out 2007. What do you guess? Mm. More of a thriller. Uh, kind of a true crime type of film. 2007. Big uh, name director. A lot of well-known A-list actors. Shit, I don't know. What is it? <coughs> so, directed by David Fincher, 2007's Zodiac. Oh, Okay, I feel stupid now. <laughs> that almost did not make my list because I forgot that that was in two, in the 2000s. And my God, not only is that one of my favorite like thriller type of films, it's I think it's my absolute favorite Fincher film. And it is uh, it is a long burn. It is a oh, two yeah. and a half hour movie. It follows a story about the infamous Zodiac killer in the 1970s and a young, fresh off the block... A news reporter who's trying to cover the story and figure out the dots makes friends with local police departments to try to find this killer. Now the movie is very speculative on who the killer really is because, mm-hmm. uh, as you listeners may or may not know, 
this is still considered an open case, a case in which there is no suspect who was deemed guilty right. of these crimes. So the movie does take its own speculation who it may be. Um, I feel like if you follow the case at all, it's it's kind of on the nose. I think there's oh yeah, it, it makes sense who they choose. But it's such a well done movie, such a well directed film. There's uh, have you seen Zodiac? I have. Okay, yeah. so all of the the blood, the killing that's shown mm-hmm. on the film is all digital effects and none of it's practical. Wow. And it's very convincing. See, I didn't know that. So David Fincher, he's he's a filmmaker, director that likes using CGI, but so minimally. Mm-hmm. And because he uses it minimally, it's very realistic. Oh. Huh. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, I did not know that. Really good movie. Uh, A-list actors I was mentioning. We have Jake Gyllenhaal. We have Mark Ruffalo. We have Robert Downey Jr. We have Chloe... I'm going to butcher her last name, Severingi? Severingi, something. You, you know, know who you're about, right? Yeah, yeah, she's blonde, yeah. and she's a, uh, at the time, youngest actress. She's now probably middle-aged at this point. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like, a lot of really heavy-hitting actors, a lot of really heavy-hitting performances. Um, I would say if you love horror, specifically if you love true crimes, this is a really good oh, yeah. true crime film. And got horribly snubbed in the oscars really just because of the timing of when the movie was released it released january of 2007 which um, normally january movies like if you're in the horror genre uh-huh. are deemed like already like deemed horrible movies yeah so if like there's well, january movie... is just like a it's a dry spell month for any right. films like you don't yeah. want to release a film in january unless it's like a, a quick and easy buck but mm-hmm. especially true if you want to get a film in the award circuits like December's a cutoff. January right. by January, if you release a film, like let's okay, so uh, Zodiac release January of two thousand seven. That means it'd be eligible for the Academy Awards of two thousand eight. The next year, people won't remember all the way back yeah. to January. Yeah, like, to trying to get like your the focus of your film and the the um, just to the public, kind of just like the buzz about it. January's way too early, and people remember it. The the one movie that managed to do it despite all odds would be the matrix yeah the matrix released uh in on a january and it won a couple oscars too so yeah not that oscars are everything but uh, i'm a filmmaker so i follow that a lot so (laughs) yes but zodiac regardless of the fact that it kind of got a lot of snubs even though i think it should have gotten a lot more praise praise more exposure really oh for sure um i'd highly recommend it very good film if you have time to spend it is like two and a half hour movie like two hour 40 minutes it's pretty long it is a long yeah film. yeah it's a good one so that's a good choice but yeah zodiac i like that one so my next one is a found footage film from 2008 can you guess what it is is it cloverfield yeah oh is it really yeah, okay it cool is sweet cloverfield. Nice. yep very nice i i fucking love this movie i for a found footage like i I have my um, gripes about found footage movies because sometimes they can be a little gimmicky, but yeah. there are like a handful of found footage movies that I really, really, really love. And this is one of them. This fits into that category of like one of the best found footage movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And I love um, what I love most about this movie is that like so much secrecy went into filming this movie uh-huh. at the time. Like, I remember. I remember this movie was big back in 2008, like, when the trailer first, like, aired. Yeah. Like, it was big. Like, people, like, I was There was hyped. buzz everywhere. I remember even, ads, yeah. Like, 
trailers, talks, and it was like it was there was buzz about it because it was so secretive. Yeah, nobody like, knew what yeah. this movie was. Like, it it was it just came out of nowhere, uh-huh. really. And so, like, I never got the pleasure of seeing this movie in the theater, unfortunately. I did. Oh, lucky. Um, so Cloverfield is not on my list. It's on my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, the being reason being is like it's a great film. It's mm-hmm. a really good film. The whole premise of it is so cool, and I really like like kaiju monster films. So we're yeah. talking about like Japanese like oh big monsters. So like, like Godzilla, Godzilla, Mothra. So Cloverfield definitely feels like a love letter to those kind of movies too. Oh, definitely. And I really like that. But with that being said, it does such justice to the found footage genre oh, that sure. it embraces not only its positive aspects but also maybe its negative aspects. Mm-hmm. Being that this was a really good movie to watch, like maybe at home, yeah, on a on your 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 large screen TV, but on a movie theater screen, <laughs> blown up way big. That movie was so easy to feel motion sick. Oh the camera, well, yeah, like, I've heard like so many people had running. to walk out during yeah. this movie. Like, I don't get motion sickness much, but watching this film, I got a little bit of a headache because of how the the shakiness of the found footage. You know? Right. So that aside. I think it was a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, to watch in theaters, though, that was, that was a little tough. Yeah. I just think, I thought, I just thought it was fun because, I don't know, you get a sense of who these characters are without, like, too much character development. Like, they set up, like, certain things that, you know, one character's going away to Japan for a new job. Yeah. Another character is, you know... Basically the comic relief. So T.J. Miller, the one that holds the camera the whole time, he's basically the comic relief. Oh, I love like, T.J. Miller now. I forgot he was in that yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, for, for like, the um, amount of, like, or what it... For the lack of character development that this movie has, it still has, like, enough character development that you, like, care about these characters. Like, yeah. you want them to get through this. Like, you want them to survive... You're, like, rooting for them, essentially, to make it to the end. And, uh, I don't know, I just love... I love just the whole found footage aspect of it, because especially when shit starts going down, it just feels so real. Yeah. Like, they, they do a really good job at making it look so fucking real. Like, even when I watch it, I'm still like, oh, geez, like, this looks like something that would really happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just scary. It is, like, a whole, it's... like, the whole situation. It's not, like, it's not a horror movie in the sense that, like, anything like super terrifying happens but it's the situation that you put yourself in like imagine if that happened like how terrifying that would be like not knowing what's going on just like and i love how like the glimpses that you see of the monster at the beginning yeah like the the shot where they're filming like he's filming and you just kind of see it go behind a building and you're like what the fuck was that like you don't really and then yeah and then as it it progresses (coughs) you see more and more of it and i don't know i just i love this movie I really do. I think it's one of the better found footage movies. It's probably, if I had to rank it, it'd probably be in my like top three favorite found footage movies of all time. Okay. So, I'm confident nice. in saying that. Nice. Confident in saying that I love this movie that much. So, and um, the director's great too, J.J. Abrams. Like I like. This oh yeah. Too, so. Oh yeah. And I just, I love. I just like I said before. I just love the, the approach that they took with the marketing and stuff. How, they were so tight lipped about it. You know, and that's hard to do, especially, like, even back in 2008, it was hard to do. Like, even back in the 90s, it was hard to do because, um, not to go too off subject, but on the subject of, like, leaked scripts and stuff, like, they had to do that kind of thing with Scream. 
like because purposefully when they did it? yeah no 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 not purposely okay, but okay with scream 2 like when scream 2 came out or before it came out i guess like when they were in the production phase there were people were somehow getting the leaked script on so like they had to constantly change like certain things like certain killers like so that people weren't expecting because like even back in the 90s like leaking a script was i guess apparently super easy to do so <laughs> i'm i'm just kind of surprised how they were able to you know, uh, keep it such under wraps yeah. and nobody knew about it. Like, yeah. so when it, like when it aired, it was like such a big phenomenon at the time. Mm-hmm. So kind of like how paranormal activity was a big phenomenon. That's kind of how it was, yeah. you know? So, yep. So Cloverfield was my number nine. Was it? That was number nine. Yeah. That was your number nine. Oh, no, no, no. That was my number eight, but... Um, but we've already gone over... But film. we've already gone over Battle Royale, so... All right, so number nine for right you. Over. Yeah. So in my case, number eight, uh, 2002 film... The uh, Ring. No, not The Ring. <laughs> Even though they are both the same year. Yeah. yeah. Not The Ring. <coughs> but um, another film on my list mm-hmm. is the same director. Gore Verbrinsky? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say the same director as The Ring. Sorry. No, no, no. I, no. I jumped so the, gun the on same that, director for this film that I have right here on my list, 2002, was another film on my list as well. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so, another M. Night Shyamalan film. It is Signs. Oh, okay. It's a good one, too. Which came out 2002, which blows my mind. I know. Because that feels I like know. it came out a little bit later. But. Yeah, science. Um, I really like science. Again, alien, horror-ish kind of film. Uh, I think alien, the, the topics of aliens are fascinating. I, yeah. It doesn't scare me at all. But I really like science because if you look at it from a narrative, um, storytelling perspective, it follows the same structure as the movie Jaws. And okay, it follows yeah. a lot of the less is more approach where you don't see the creature or the, the driving force that drives the suspense, which makes it all the more terrifying. Yeah. So So that Jaws, when you do see it at the end, like Yeah, it's like, like, oh my gosh, you know, it makes it much more scary. Right. So Jaws, you have a shark terrorizing a small island, yeah. uh, coastal island, and signs you have a extraterrestrial force terrorizing a Midwestern American family and their small uh, farm uh just a little uh, ranch. Yeah. So really love the film. Like tour de force performances by um, Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. by a very young Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my really God, he movie. is in that yeah, movie. I totally son. forgot that. Yeah, so he's the eldest wow. son. Wow. And it's such a good movie. Yeah. Such a good film. So yeah, Science, my uh, my number nine. Did that make it on your list at no. all? No. Not at all? And okay. the reason why I didn't is because I have a very big gripe with it. And I'm not going to spoil it, but it has to do with water. So, enough said. Okay. That's all I'll say. So, okay. okay. You know, it's like (laughs) the twist of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about with signs before we move on? Mm, No, that's it. All right. Good movie. Good choice. Um, So, ooh, my number 10, which I'm sure everybody has been waiting for. I told you from the beginning I was going to save the best for last. So, yes, (laughs) my favorite movie from the 2000s of all time, and I stated this in the first episode, I have a very strong, like, uh, what's the word? Wait, of all time? You mean so 
every horror film. Every horror film. movie in the 2000s, yes. The 2000s, yep. not ever made. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no. okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> no, but it is in my top three of horror movies ever made. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> and most people definitely will disagree with me on that because they're going to be like, really, this movie? But I have a very strong bond with this movie, very sentimental. Um, but that is a movie from 2004 called The Grudge. The Grudge. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. And it ha- it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar as like the main character, and basically uh, she's in Japan with her boyfriend. She's a caretaker. She ends up going to this house to take care of this elderly woman and finding out that this house uh, had a brutal murder that took place a few years before, and that anyone who steps in the house gets uh anyone that comes into contact with this house becomes a part of like this curse so in japanese apparently in japanese mythology when somebody dies horrifically or like in rage or something a curse is born essentially so like whatever happened at that place becomes permanently like stained Mm. by this like incident so anyone that steps foot in this house dies like either in mysterious circumstances or just disappears off the face of the earth. No one ever sees him again. So basically, yeah, that's that's the main plot. Um, it's a supernatural movie. I think for a PG-13 movie, I think they did very well with it being terrifying still. Uh, they do have, I do prefer the extended director's cut, which is a lot more bloody and violent in certain parts. Um, so I prefer that one over the theatrical version, but the theatrical version is also good. Um, but yeah, I just, oh, I can't think of enough to say about this movie. I'll save it for when we actually do the review on this movie. Then I'll really get to talk about why I love it so much. Yeah, but I just, I love this movie so freaking much. And I don't know. I just, I've. Out of all the movies I've ever seen in my life, this movie has probably been watched the most times by me. I can, I can probably act out this whole movie for you, back to front. Really? Yeah. Quote I, it. Back to front. Yeah. Oh, we'll quote it, act it out. All I right. could do. I could do it all. But. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but um, I love. Cool. I love. Um, because I feel like most people prefer the green. The the green. One of the ring. I feel like most people prefer the ring. Um, and that definitely got more critical acclaim. Mm. per se as uh more than the grudge did um because the grudge kind of got mixed reviews but it made it did make a lot of money at the box office mm-hmm. like when it yeah. came out it was it was very <coughs> successful in the fact that it made a lot of money so mm-hmm. but critic wise it was very lukewarm yeah best. but i prefer this movie over the ring to be completely honest with you okay. and i'm sure that's in popular opinion with most people but opinions are opinions take and them people, with a grain of salt there's a lot of fans <laughs> of the grudge too so see and i don't i'm not a big fan of the second one probably because it doesn't have sarah michelle geller in it as much mm. but you know biased whatever <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah i really really love this movie i love the look of the ghosts that are in this movie i love the story i love i also love uh one thing that i do love in particular is that the director of the original juon films which are japanese so basically essentially the the grudge is a remake of a japanese film called juon of the same name just in japanese same concept um but he directed the american remake as well he directed the first two he directed grudge one and two both of the american remakes so i think mm -hmm. so i think it's very cool that they had enough trust in this director 
to have him the English version. Yes. And he doesn't speak a lick of English. Like he speaks, <laughs> he had a translator on set all the time that would like, uh, if he had like a direction that he wanted somebody to do, he would talk to his translator and his translator would translate for him. So to me, I think that's really cool. That is cool. Yeah. It's very cool that he like directed not only the Japanese ones, but he also directed the American ones, which I personally feel like if he hadn't done that, I don't think it would have been as strong of a movie in mm. my opinion. Because, because that was his, his love child. That was his brainchild. Those movies are his brainchild, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, one more note that I'll say about this movie before we move on is I love how it doesn't tell like the normal um, linear storyline of storytelling. It does a lot of like going back in the past to explain one character, and then it goes back to the present, and then goes back to the past again, and then present past, and then. So it does a lot of like non-linear storytelling, which yeah. is very interesting to me. And a lot of I feel like a lot of people's gripes with the movie was the non-linear storytelling, which to me I was like, really? Like that It makes it interesting. Like that's a You can't you can't movie. comprehend what's happening. I was 10 years old when this movie came <laughs> out, and when I saw it in the theater, I was able to distinguish between past and present. Like I was like, okay, this is obviously something that's going on in the past. So if 10-year-old me can comprehend that, why can't somebody in their like twenties or thirties comprehend this? It's just a gripe that I have with people that talk about how they don't like the storytelling of this movie, and I'm like, why? It's unique. Yeah, it, like doesn't happen very often. Like, yeah, movies have a very straightforward, forward beginning, middle, and end, and it's all very linear and yeah. very in order. This movie does not do that, uh-huh. and I love that about it. Is because you find out. It also adds to the mystery because you find out more stuff as you go on like more about this curse more about like why this house is haunted and cursed and at the end you find out like it comes full circle and you find out why but it's just i don't know it's just very interesting i love it yeah (laughs) but yeah that is my number 10 pick my last and final pick my favorite movie of the 2000s all right it's the grudge so i also really love the japanese versions but I was introduced to the American version first. Uh-huh. So if anyone asks me if I like the ori- or the Japanese version better than the American version, I say no. Because you started with the American version. Right. That, yeah. was the, that was the version that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the Juwan movies much later. Like, uh-huh. I don't think I watched the Juwan movies until like five, after, five years after I'd seen the American remake. So, mm. But all really good movies. So. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. So... What's so your number 10? My number 10. And Drum I feel roll. a good segue into talking about The Grudge because it oh seems like gosh, it is the, the, ring, the other you? side of the coin. And yes, I have the nice. ring. The ring is on my number 10 uh, for the top And we did not films. plan this, by the way. Did we not did not all. plan for our mm-hmm. um, movies to coincide. Honestly, when I write my list, it's just <laughs> I'm, I'm spitballing. I'm like, oh yeah, this movie. Oh, and this movie. So there's right. no rhyme or reason to how I order my film. So yeah, it just happened to be just happenstance that's awesome i love that i love that uh i have not seen the japanese version ringu i have not seen that one uh only the american version and i just remember being really creeped out as a kid Mm -hmm. that that concept of just like this long hair girl just walking out of her tv yeah that just yeah yeah just really got under my skin really creepy uh do not remember much about the film Uh, i'm sorry but uh remember enjoying it yeah remember it being really creepy uh, so yeah. Naomi Watts has a pretty good performance in this movie too. I mm-hmm. think I think everybody in this movie does pretty well. Um, I love 
And like you said, with uh, with signs, how you don't see... You, you don't never see her until the very end. Yeah, you don't see this like this evil force, this evil entity. Right, and so like that's why it's film. much more of a shock when you actually see her. Like, the whole coming out of the TV moment, iconic. Yeah. So iconic. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> obviously the Japanese version did it first, but... Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, like... But I feel like you see more of her in the Japanese version. Oh, okay. You see much more of her, like, in glimpses, like, in reflections on TVs and uh, in the background and the shadows. And I, I do love Ringu. I really do. I think it's... In tone, I feel like it's a lot creepier than the American version. The American version. version, okay. But what I like about the American version is that you don't see her until the very end. Like, you don't see what she actually looks like in her scary form. Yeah. Like, you don't see her ghost form until the very end, and then you're like, holy fuck, she just came out of the TV. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, watching that movie, because, like, I said in the first episode that was the first movie i was ever introduced to that's the first movie that my parents ever allowed me to watch Mm -hmm. because it wasn't too scary is it pg-13 yeah it is i think okay all right i think it's pg-13 i always just assumed it was r i wasn't sure it could be i could be wrong Mm -hmm. but whatever but your parents let you see it so there you go right yeah so i mean when that when her coming out of the tv part came spoiler alert but this movie's almost 20 years old as well so if you haven't seen it Maybe don't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe don't. Maybe skip over this uh, part. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that part I was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. scared the shit out of me. So, but anything yeah. else you want to say? Ah, uh, that's it. That that wraps up my top ten. Cool, cool. So now into honorable so speed mentions. round. Honorable mentions. Bam, yes. Bam. Bam. All right. List off your first one. All right. So, <laughs> well, I have <laughs> I have quite a few. Um, how many? Two, four, six, eight, ten. All right, so we'll go through it quick. <laughs> so we'll go real quick. Compared right? to like my three. <laughs> well, uh, well, you I and never I, put a lot. I never put a lot around. Right. Well, you and I discussed beforehand that the '90s was more your. Yeah, niche. '90s. And for and me, it was the older. '2000s because I don't know. I just grew up with all the horror movies of the '2000s. So for me, this list was so. When I was putting it together, I was like. Seven already <laughs> finalized. I don't have to go there and like stress over it. Like there were seven of these movies on this list that I knew were going to be solid no matter what, and they still haven't changed. So, right, <laughs> um, but with my honorable mentions, that was a little bit more tough because I was like, oh, there's so many good movies. So anyway, with that being said, speed round. Yes, the first one is a, a Christmas horror movie from 2007. Do you want to take a guess? Christmas horror film 2007. I don't feel like you've probably heard of this. Ah, uh, probably not. Um, it stars Wes Bentley, if you know who Wes Bentley is. No? Nah. Not oh. any bells. Uh, the only thing that comes to mind that I know that he's in is this movie, obviously, and Hunger Games. He plays the guy with, like, the weird beard. The one okay. that's in the first one. Yeah. I still don't know. Seneca Crane, I think that's his name in the I still Hunger don't Games. know the, the film. Um, <clears throat> but this movie's called P2. So it's like a Christmas horror movie about a woman that's working late on Christmas Eve at like this, uh, she works at like a office building. I don't know what she does exactly. I think she just like works in finance or whatever. Okay. She gets off late. She ends up going to the parking garage. Her car won't start. Then she meets this weird like quirky security guard guy. And then you find out that he's like obsessed with her. Basically he kidnaps her, holds her hostage in this parking garage. So basically... It takes place in this entire parking garage, the whole movie. And mm-hmm. so it's basically like a cat and mouse type of thriller movie where she's like trying to get away from him. 
And I don't know, it's a very interesting concept. Nice. I really enjoyed this movie. The acting's really great. Okay. The concept. Oh, it's also made by the same guy that made the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. So. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Yes. Okay. So another great movie from him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but Hills but, Have Eyes made it on the list. This one did not. No. Okay. Because out of the two, I feel like The Hills Have Eyes is much Stronger more film. has much more uh, rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Okay. But not to say that it's not good, because it made my honorable mention. So gotcha. that would be my first one. All right. My first one. Uh, original Final Destination. Ooh. So, yeah. Good one. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about that, so yeah, you guys right, know about right. that. Good film. Uh, just just good entertainment is how I look at the Final Destination series. It's fun. They're, yeah. they're fun movies. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is a, another Australian horror film, actually. And this one came out in 2009. This one's called The Loved Ones. Okay. And it's basically, I've read a review that, or maybe not a review, but maybe on the front cover of the movie, it basically says, uh, Pretty in Pink meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because that's basically what it is. So (laughs) for people that don't know what this movie is, I'll provide a quick summary and then we'll move on. But basically after a girl gets rejected, she, uh, she asks a boy to prom, which is the main guy. She asks him to prom, he says no. And then her and her dad kidnap him and basically subject him to like a night of t- like of torture. It's oh, basically like dang. a torture movie, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I love this movie. It's so good. Um, the acting's very good from everybody involved. Um, I don't know. I just like I love foreign films. Like there's just something about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love that East meets West. Also, kind of like you know, mm-hmm. there's different cultures, different you know, <coughs> but, different uh, taboos, different. Fears, different mythos. Yeah. Yep. So. Cool. Yep. That's uh, the loved ones. So. All right. Guys should check it out. Sweet. So number two on my honorable mentions, uh, horror comedy, 2004 film, Shaun of the Dead. Ooh. Uh, I love Edgar Wright. Uh, Not the first Edgar Wright film I ever saw. Probably the third one, but oh my God, is that a hilarious movie? It's a good movie. And you have Edgar Wright as a director. You got Simon Pegg. Just... They, they work so well together. Right. Like the directing, the performances, such good stuff. Uh, so, yeah. And is it a coincidence that Dawn of the Dead came out the same year as Shaun of the Dead? Is that a coincidence, or did they just basically parody Dawn of the Dead after it came out? I always thought the assumption was they parodied them after it came out. Okay, because I know they came out the exact same year. Mm-hmm. So 2004 was when the Dawn of the Dead remake came out, and then Shaun of the Dead also. So. But it might be coincidental. Who knows? Right. I don't um, know. I guess we'll have to figure that out. But yeah, funny movie. That's a good movie. Good one. Uh, my next one is the Exorcism of, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Ooh. which came out in two thousand five. That was creepy. It is. It's fucking terrifying. Like, and most of it has to do with Jennifer Carpenter, who plays Emily. Mm-hmm. She's so fucking good in this movie. Like, so good. <laughs> um, and I just I love this movie. Like, I I like exorcism movies. Um, but this one in particular stands out to me because. It's not one of those typical exorcism. Not the. I'm not counting the exorcist in this. I'm counting movies like, The Last Exorcism. Yeah. All those kind of movies which rely more on like every scene has to be scary. Every scene has to have. This movie takes place mostly in a in a courtroom, essentially. Like they're basically doing the trial, and so anytime they go back to the story of Emily, it's in flashbacks. Like it's back in time because she's dead at this point. At the beginning of the movie, she's already dead. So, but, like, amazing performances, like, there's some scary fucking shit in this movie that's, like, 
very haunting. Okay. Um, her performance is so believable. You'll have to watch it. We'll have to watch it. Okay. But yeah, that's my next one. Nice. Are you done with yours? Uh, just last one. <laughs> okay. For my honorable mentions, but it's already <clears throat> film that's gone over. Uh, Cloverfield. Good one. So that was in my honorable mentions, mainly for the same reasons. Like it's a great film, but it it really is hard to watch on a big screen. Yeah. It's easy to get motion sick. It's easy to feel ill while watching the film. But story wise and all that solid film. So cool. yeah, Cloverfield. Cool, cool. And that ends my entirety <laughs> of my list. So not even close to mine, but don't worry guys. Rest assured I will go through these very quick. I feel like I haven't taken too much time. No, 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 so, we've been good. Yeah. Um my next one is Orphan and that came out in two thousand nine <coughs> also. I remember that movie. This movie it was a trip. Oh my gosh. Everything about it. Cinematography, acting, the twist at the end. Probably my favorite twist of any horror movie ever. And I wish this is one of those movies where I wish I could like go back and watch it and completely like erase my mind. <laughs> because the first time I watched this movie, it blew my fucking mind. I was mm-hmm. like, holy crap, that I didn't I did not see that coming. Like I knew she was a psychopath, but mm-hmm. I did not see what that ending had in store for me. So that's my my next one and then my next one after that also came out in 2009 this is more of a horror comedy and that's jennifer's body yeah i've heard about that i've never seen it yeah i wrote I, that's uh with um megan, megan fox, fox megan yeah. fox and amanda seyfried and oh okay yeah and it's made by the director that directed juno really i'm trying to think of her name right now it's like a weird name but i can't i can't think of it it's on the tip of my tongue but anyway moving on but <clears throat> Yeah, this is a horror comedy. This one's a fun one. I wouldn't say it's, like, the greatest movie in the world. Um, it's <clears throat> definitely... Sorry. <clears throat> Excuse really? me. It's definitely developed more of a cult following, like, later on. Like, later in the years. I don't think when it first came out, it was very... Uh, perceived very positively by people. And, I mean, even today, people don't consider it a very good movie. But mm. I think it's fun. I enjoy it. I really like it. Uh, so yeah, Jennifer's body. Okay. And then my next one is also Final Destination. I had to put it on the list somewhere. The original. I mean, the okay. third one is my favorite, but I'm still gonna give credit to where credit's due. Yeah. And this one started it off. Yeah. So I had to give it credit. So, which also I'm very excited to do our Final Destination series when we get to it. <laughs> oh, these movies! Okay. I'm so excited. Anyway, okay. So the next one on my honorable mentions is a movie that came out in 2008. It's another found footage movie, also a remake of a found footage movie that came out a couple years prior, I believe. And it has Jennifer Carpenter in it as well. Mm. Do you know what it is? 2008, you said? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know. Quarantine. Quarantine. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So basically for people that don't know about that one, it's basically a bunch of people get trapped in an apartment building that's... Uh, infected i think it's rabies that the people are infected with it essentially turns into a zombie movie really Mm -hmm. and they're trapped and they can't get out and it's just the found footage style and uh love the acting love the direction yeah so that is quarantine sweet my next one is another movie that came out in 2009 2009 was a good year for horror too yeah uh, and this one's more of like, this one falls in the genre of Jennifer's Body as well, as like not a super regarded great film. But for me, it's a fun film. It's got some great death scenes. I love the actors that are in it. So 
For a side note for all you straight men out there, if you like to see boobs and a lot of hot women, this is the movie for you, <laughs> which is Sorority Row that came out in 2009, which is basically kind of a loose remake from The House on Sorority Row, the one that came out in like the 80s, I believe. I don't know. So basically, a bunch of sorority sisters accidentally murder one of their own, and they basically cover it up, and then a year la- like a year later a killer emerges and starts taking them out, like, basically as revenge oh, okay. type of a thing. So, yeah, that one's fun. I like I like the acting for the most part in this one. There are some cheesy moments, um, but I, I, ju- I just love this movie. Mm-hmm. I loved it from the time it came out till now, so it's a good movie. Um, my next... Oh, two more. Two more, guys. I'm breezing right through this. All right, so my second-to-last one came out in 2001, and that is 13 Ghosts. Have you heard of that one? I have. Love that movie. Tony Shalhoub's in it, right? I don't know. I don't know names right now. Okay, no. I, I normally am very good at like, but um, so good. Okay. So and I feel like the ghosts in that movie are terrifying too. Mm. Like the the look of all of them, like yeah. they're really scary. So yeah, that's my second to last one. And then my last one is a movie that was in, made in two thousand five. It was also directed by Wes Craven. Do you want to guess it? Directed by Wes Craven. Takes place on an airplane. Does that give you a hint? On an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any actors? Uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, Cillian Murphy. I apologize if I said that name wrong. It's called Red Eye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool. And this is a. This is like, um, one of I not one of the lesser known films of Wes Craven's. But I feel like in regards to movies that Wes Craven has made, like, because Scream obviously standing out is like, Scream, A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh-huh. those kind of movies, those, you know, are more of the well-known ones. I feel yeah. like this one's more of kind of an obscure one, but not in the sense that not very many people know about it, because it did get a theatrical release. Um, I personally love this movie. I think the concept of how do you make a movie that takes place on an airplane for about... 85% of the runtime of the movie, like, how do you make that into, like, a thrilling, like, movie? That, like horror you, you're Right, right. Yeah. But he did it, and I just, I don't know, I love this movie. I love the concept. I love the acting. Okay. Wes Craven, once again, proving why he's such a great horror director. He's uh-huh. just, I don't know, he's so good. So, yeah, Red Eye, and that Sweet. would be my last one, so. All right, so that wraps up. Our top tens for the two thousands. Woo! Heck yeah! Yeah, not yeah. too bad. Not yeah, too shabby. Not too bad. So that was a little tough for me. <laughs> a little tough for me to think of. Uh, think of those movies, but we we got them. Yeah, we got them. We we got some solid picks on there too. Yeah, there we go. Well, all right. I guess that wraps up our top ten uh, horror films for the two thousands, huh? Yep. That oh, was pretty. Sweet. That was pretty fun. It was I, fun. That was. It was a tough list for me to write, but I, I got it. I don't, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this one. <laughs> this one was definitely not as stressful for me as the 2010 10s were. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, I had just, uh, I already had like a solid seven that I was like, these <laughs> ones aren't changing no matter what. And then the other ones just came very easily. So yeah, right. that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Um, that is awesome. And before we go, yeah. I guess another thanks to all of you guys out there that are listening to this. Uh, we really appreciate it. We appreciate all the engagement that you've given us. Like, I've had a lot of people, a lot of my friends on Instagram sharing it, like, on their stories and stuff. Yeah, it's so crazy. It is. Like, yeah. so to see, like, all of the, you know, 
uh, our, all our listeners, all, right. all the, the support really right. that people yeah. bring to the show. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, just, we were, we were online the other day and we were checking out like all like the different places that we have yeah the different regions like different, where we have like listeners these, like oh, yeah wow all the way over here that's cool that's awesome yeah so keep it up guys um if you don't mind you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts just go on there leave us a review let us know if you like what you are hearing if you don't like what you're hearing if you don't like what you're hearing let us know what we can do to make it better yeah because we're we're all ears exactly so we want to know how we can make this better we want to know how we can make a listen experience enjoyable for you guys exactly so so thanks again to you guys um in the future we'd like to you know once we get this podcast more established we'd like to start doing like contests and stuff like merch contests, merch type stuff submissions just like anything yeah so if you guys anything have, and everything really right right so if you guys have like any suggestions on something you want us to do for a later episode please please send those in because that would be great for us to be able to look at so mm-hmm. yeah. um, you can find us on Instagram. It's we love horror. Mm-hmm. And then also we have an email address, which was we love horror pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Twitter as well. If you guys want to send me messages, follows, you name it. Uh, Twitter handles Roman Chicas. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. And uh, once again, thank you to Anchor for sponsoring us yeah. for our show today. We really appreciate that. Yeah, so ask you guys if you want to check them out, check them out. Cool service. Great for beginning podcasters. Yes. Um, free. Free. And it's honestly how we got started. So, yep. yeah. So, great. Awesome. All right. Cool. cool. All right, guys. Well, that wraps it up. So, we will see you next time. All right. See you guys see next you guys. time. Peace. Bye.